Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles. Today I'm speaking with one of the best 90s collectors, in my opinion, in the whole world, basketball cards, uh, Grant Slayton. Grant, how are you doing? Good man, good man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. So today Grant and I are going to get into some really fun 90s topics. Um, we'll hit on some other stuff about his cards, his PC, but we really want to hit on 90s specifically and really dive deep into that. So we got a lot of, of great questions and great conversation coming up. So Hope you guys enjoy it. So, Grant, why don't you just start us off? Uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, you know what your background in the hobby, what got you into the hobby, that whole story. Sure. Yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, Thirty-one. I own a bar here in Wisconsin. Have a lot of fun with that. Helps fund the this hobby of ours. And uh, when I first getting into uh, this hobby, it was about I don't know six, seven years old. All my uh, my older cousins, they all had cards they had their binders full of your your uh, early 90s upper deck and Fleer and you know the junk the real junk era and uh so that got me into it you know the older cooler cousins had these cards so it's kind of like I, I need to get them and uh and then you know at school some of the guys collected mainly football though here in, in Wisconsin the Packers in the early 90s were huge but uh yeah, and then when uh, Kobe Bryant came around in 96, uh, I don't know what drew uh, me to him, but uh, yeah, started, uh, started you know, getting some of the fun stuff that uh, we all are crazy for now. Never had anything nice when I was a kid. Uh, we, we would uh, mainly get packs from Kmart for about a dollar a piece, <laughs> but all the retail. So yeah, that's uh, what uh, got me back into cards as an adult. Uh, this collector in my area, he would always set up a uh, garage sale every weekend. Beanie Babies, cards. That's all he did. And uh, he had pulled a Kobe Ultra Platinum Medallion out of 100, the dunk pose, and uh, he just always had it sitting out there for like $500. And I was like nine years old. (laughs) So when I was, uh, I don't know, 20... I don't know, 24, 25, I thought of the card for some reason. And I, and I went on eBay because I remembered it very well. And I went on eBay and as luck had it, there was one, an open auction and it was at $1,500. I couldn't believe it because I was under the impression that a lot of these things had just tanked. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, that when you tell them about this hobby, they all think after the nineties it tanked and it still is sitting there. Long story short, I reached out to him, and uh, he much older gentleman, and we, we made a deal, and a very, very good deal for me because he was under the impression that it was tanked as well, and uh, it hooked me real hard. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what got me back in, that 97, 98 Kobe Ultra Platinum, one of the best-looking cards ever made. I could, dude, I love that card. We've talked about that card before. I It's so underrated in my opinion. Just That was like a – you know, historic dunk contest for him, you know, for oh, yeah. his career and everything. It has a lot of meaning. Yeah, it uh, was when he kind of stepped out in the national spotlight. Yeah, definitely. You know, four four months into his career, high school to college, or, you know, high school to the pros, and then all of a sudden he's on the all-star floor. Pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So what what all do you collect now? Right now, it's, uh, as you guys can tell from the mail days, uh, it's mainly 90s. 90s, uh, low serial numbered. You're credentials 
PMG, especially the championship series. I've done real well with that. Uh, and then the rubies to an extent. And obviously we all know why they're tricky. They're tricky right now. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, with current stuff, you know, LeBron, if I can pick up something nice of LeBron's, it's, yeah, you have to same with Michael Jordan. <clears throat> and then, uh, and then like the core PC, you know, this, that's uh, Kobe Bryant. And uh, I've gotten most of his rare releases over the years. So that gets boring. You know, how, how long can you just search for, you know, this one, you know, I think I'm missing like his 98 rubies, 95. And it's like, you know, you got to search for other things. At least I do. Right. Yeah. And then uh, anything rare from upper deck, like patches, uh, autographs, uh, you know, real low numbered stuff. If I see it, I'm going to want to, going to want to grab it. What is your, tell us about, I'll just jump right into it. Tell us about the Kobe uh, green PMG. I think most of us know you have it by, by this point. Tell sure, us that story. Yeah. I think we, we got sort of it in passing on blowout, but I'd love to hear the full story. All right. So like I, I opened up the, my bar in 2014 and uh, it started off with a bang. I didn't get to do much for a while. And about a year and a half into that, the national was coming up in Chicago, 2015. And uh, I'm walking around every booth and saying, do you have any rare nineties Kobe? No, 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 no. Every booth. <laughs> Cause I, you know, I was so green to it uh, back into it. I thought that it'd be somewhat easy to find. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're, I've walked the floor for like two hours. Everyone's just saying no. So, uh, this guy behind me in the, in the crowd, and it was like r- really busy. Uh, that was when I still had to go in with general admission. Uh, this guy in the crowd goes, I have a rare nineties Kobe Bryant card. If you want to look at it. And uh, it was the EX 2001 credentials future out of 73. <clears throat> we struck up a deal for like $850, like cheap compared to what they sell now. That guy's name is Corey. He's very famous in the Kobe community. So Corey gives me his number, and uh, I message him before I'm leaving the show for something, and he pulls out of his little duffel bag or whatever the Kobe Bryant green PMG. <laughs> and it was just like, whoa, you know, this is the – I know that this is the biggest card you can get for Kobe, and uh, it's just stunning to see it so quickly. And from some guy who just heard me in the crowd saying, you know, do you have any rare Kobe Bryant? So he told me, you know, I'm trying to get this amount of money for it. And I, to me, I was like, you know, whoa, I'll never spend that on a card. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we kept in touch. He told me he had the Kobe PMG championship, which was kind of like my the big card I wanted at that point. He told me he had one. And uh, I think we met up. Three months later, he said, uh, I'm driving through your area tomorrow. Do you want it for three, $3,000? I paused for a second. I said, yep, come, you know, come on in. So we, we had a really good relationship, uh, and I've helped him with some deals. And, uh, and then you know, about a year ago, he was ready to sell it, and a lot higher than what he had told me at the 2015 National. <laughs> <laughs> I passed the first time around. I had uh, my baby on the way. I had a business to buy, the you know real estate and all that stuff. So I passed, and uh, 
And about a month later, he came back and said, are you sure? Because you're never going to get a chance at this again. You might not ever get a chance at it again. And I just said, screw it. I'm going to do it. And uh, I couldn't be happier. You'll get that feeling someday. We're working on it, right? How long have you been doing this again? Uh, about two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. It's still early. It's still early in the game. So this is sort of leading to my next question. Uh, I want you to talk about sort of like this might not be the right word, but your aggression towards getting cards you want. Like I know, you know, one of your one of your tactics is to you know if you see a good card and the story you just said kind of played into it you're, you're looking for stuff and then you find something and then you sort of like what else do you have right that's that yeah, magical yeah. follow-up question can you talk about that and like <laughs> what your your strategy is there yeah yeah um it's a real uh it's real finessed uh, aggression I'd, I'd call it because yeah that's better you know you've dealt with buyers or you know people who want to trade that are very pushy and pushy and you know that that really doesn't work uh, when you're you know, when you're playing at this level, mm-hmm. uh, you know at the, these type of cards uh, because so many people want them. But uh, yeah, so you know with eBay especially, uh, something I started doing a while ago, and I'm sure a lot of you do it. You buy a card on eBay, and you just send the seller a message. You know what else do you have? What else are you selling right now? You're obviously, you know, selling for a reason. What else is there? One of my favorite things on eBay and. Uh, most, I don't think most people think this way, is, is a zero feedback seller. I love seeing that because that could be someone who just found their card collection in their basement. And they, oh, I can sell it on eBay. Craigslist isn't working out. Let's go to eBay. So I love seeing the low feedback ones. If someone is a 10,000 plus feedback seller, you know, I'm not going to write them. What else do you have? Because they have a huge inventory. Right. But when you, when you see that, it kind of, you know, there's an opportunity to be had. And uh, yeah, in, in this the networking um, with the shows. So you got to go to the national this year and meet a lot of people. Fortunately for me, the uh, fanatics, Chicago fanatics is three hours away from me. So every time they do that show, which I think is three times a year, I go and I get to meet a lot of dealers and they know that I collect these things. They know that I pay strong. I know that they know that uh, I'm easy to work with. Finders fees too. I mean, you can you can really circle the wagon on what you can do to to better get these cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone needs something, the first thing that comes to my mind is, have you asked Grant? Like, right? Because I might have se- I I probably have seen it at some point, and I think that's kind of kind of how you and I uh, hit it off. Yeah, that thread on blowout. What's your dream card? Oh, and dude, totally. Yep. And you posted a card that was offered to me a couple weeks before. And, uh, and we had to work a little on it. You know, the guy wanted to wait for a buyer for weeks or something, but we got him to move it. Yeah, dude, uh, you you taught me a ton of stuff <laughs> just in that one deal. That was sort of like, the thread was like, you know, what's your dream card? Sort of like, I was kind of in the earlier phases, like you were talking about with the, uh, you know, with the Kobe when you first bought it. I was sort of in that phase, so I was a little nervous paying a lot of money, but you sort of were like, dude, you want the card? Like, this is your chance. I found it. You said you wanted it. Here it is. Like it's your dream card. Right. And so I sort of like, don't regret it one bit. Oh, are you kidding? Like now I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that card since and I've got people begging me for it. Like I never, so the story was, it was a thread about like, what's your dream card? And I posted 98, 99 penny PMG just because everyone else kind of says the red PMG. I thought it'd just be unique to, you know, 
have the sure. 9899 at the time. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, dude, I found it like that, like that day. And I was like, this is crazy. It never happens like that. But I love those threads for that reason because yeah, I remember, you know, I'll remember some of those cards on threads like that. If I see them, I might, you know, I might spark it and I'll get it. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, another way that you can do well financially in this. You, mm-hmm. you know, you know, certain uh, certain collectors are after this. Well, one thing I do when I get something really rare at a show or online or whatever, I'll go to blowout search and see who's been looking for that player. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm helping that collector out big time. Uh, I can't tell you how many collectors I've helped this year. But at the same time, it's the hunt and it's making a few dollars. And uh, that's that's actually really fun. Plus, you're just expanding your network of people that are going to help you out in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, like you said, you're expanding the network. And uh, this is so much fun. You get messages all the time from different people. Do you need this card? They, they just, once you get far enough in, they know you and, they, and they, they come to you. You get really far, like Nat Turner, and the biggest deals come to you. Right. And, and that's uh, a whole different level. But I mean, you're getting yeah. there, dude. You're getting there. <laughs> no, no, but it, it's fun what I do. I really enjoy it. Yeah. So part of part of why what we always talk about with the '90s is just like like you said, the '90s era was it was sort of the junk era for a while, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they started coming out with like more unique, rare releases. And those cards, those rare '90s cards that are numbered to fifty and hundred, are just buried in a sea of not rare cards. And that's what makes it so unique for us is like we are in the hunt for these extremely rare items when back when they printed a lot more, right? Right, right. Yeah. So you, you have your even your inserts that are one in two hundred eighty eight packs or one in three hundred and sixty packs. I can you know, with eBay you can fill that set in six months. But the the tr- you know, the serial numbered ones, which coincidentally coincidentally they look the best, they those are the ones that really take the work. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. If, I don't think I ever told you this, but the uh, people who created all these cards for Fleer, uh, it, was a, it was a married couple. And Fleer found them through, like, what they were doing with business cards. Really unique, uh, really well-done business cards. They hired them on in, like, 95. And they had them on through all of this. They were the driving force behind all these Cards were crazy about. I had them design a logo for my business this year. <laughs> I, I'm such a dork with it that I wanted uh, I wanted to talk to these people. Right, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was, and I got to pick their brain, and they're really cool people. And they, uh, you know, just telling me about you know some of the designs and how they how they printed these things, and wow. really unique. And I know that those people are working with uh, a guy. Uh, to help with authenticating '90s cards, so that's another uh, another positive thing. But that was that was really cool this year. They they've kept a few artifacts too from back in the day. Oh wow! Yeah. So those two are responsible for a good majority of of what we yeah. know. Yes. Yep. They had other designers working, but as far as like the PMGs, the credentials, the rubies, this couple did it. Wow! Pretty, pretty awesome. Because they were explaining to me how, like, the 98, 99 masterpiece, you know, the blue, uh, blue purple foil, they're like, I was just about to acquire uh, Scotty Pippen, and I mentioned it to him, and 
they said that that card's like imp- would be impossible. They're like, I don't, I don't know how they could ever fake something like that. And I was like, that's good to hear, because there, there are obviously some that we haven't seen faked, and for right. good reason. Yeah, right. That's a great story, dude. I didn't, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I don't think we were talking every day when I when I was doing that. Yeah, that now, was, you, now you get all the good stories. Now I get the good stories. <laughs> Having your uh, phone number is a nice connection to have, especially when I'm. Like I know you're you're the same, but like we're bored at night and we're just like let's just talk cards. Like I'll just text oh, yeah. Brian. We'll just talk. Well, I'm a night owl. I, like I said, I own a bar. I've always been a night owl. So what's what's nice about this is that two three in the morning you can strike up a deal with someone halfway around the world, <laughs> and I've done it numerous times, and that's fun. I'm gonna be awake no matter what. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty it's pretty late here. Well, not too late, but it's eleven o'clock. So I'm having a cocktail. <laughs> Might don't as well, change, right? Don't change who you are, dude. Seriously. Don't change for just an interview. Um, we don't talk about this too much, but I kind of want to get your take on it. Um, what do you think about the steady increase in the prices of 90s cards? Especially uh, recently, if it's really taken off. It's phenomenal. It's great. Um, that's market, supply, meet, and demand. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as like shilling or, or just, I'm. What do you more, mean by the question? more so like the reason we we talked about it a little bit, but like maybe the reason that you think it's happening, and and also okay. is that going to continue? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot you could throw in there. You know, the the collectors like us that are back in the game that are coming into the game. Um, every few weeks, I meet someone new that is collecting a certain '90s player or team, so that's a huge driver. Um, now let's throw in Instagram and Facebook. These guys are, they're like us. They're seeing these cards posted all the time and they don't own any of them. Someone, sometimes someone just wants to own one, you know, they see these PMGs, all these really flashy nineties cards. And, you know, even if they don't understand it completely, they might still want it. They see it all the time. They see all these people commenting on it. It's definitely desirable. So Getting just one's a dangerous game, fella. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe the most dangerous game. Oh, I've got one, and I'm happy now, and now I want another one. Yeah, right? Um, happiness, a moment before you need more happiness. You don't seem too concerned about the price. In fact, you're sort of welcoming it. The price increases. Like, a lot of people are, are upset, you know, they're having to pay more money, but you seem to welcome it. Well, I do. I mean, I... I I got to watch my Kobe Bryant stuff say stagnant while he had his injuries, you know, his 2015, 16 season. And then the guy goes off with a 60 point game to, to finish his career. Like overnight it skyrocketed. And uh, you know, it's just, it's really nice to see another uh, because if it doesn't happen, you know, what are we doing out here? We're collecting, but we're spending a lot of money. So hopefully that, you know, it stays or continues to grow. But yeah, the the price increase, the only time it bothers me, and like I said, I go to a lot of shows. If a dealer picks up anything, 90s serial numbered, they're slapping on a huge tag. Mm -hmm. They don't know. They don't know what the market is. They haven't seen a sale because all these guys, all they depend on is the three-month window that eBay gives you, which is pretty pretty bad way to go about it, but... So they they uh, they'll pick up a '90s card at a show and they'll slap a huge number on it because they don't know. So yeah. That's about the only time where I get annoyed with it. I, I saw a PMG 
uh, of gold, the 98.99 for like $400 at the national. It was a common player. It was a $40 card. But yeah, that's about the only time I get annoyed with it. Um, so what's your take on Facebook? Just talk about Facebook. You're, I know you're really passionate about that and how you find cards, find cards through Facebook, but also network. What's that whole deal mean to you? Yeah, uh, Facebook's phenomenal. Uh, I think it's it, – I wish Blowout had a uh, similar functionality with, with posting photos, with messaging. You know, you, you're a software guy, so that stuff comes pretty easy to you. But the reason why Facebook is so successful is because you can pop a photo on in two seconds. Right. How many times do you see a new member at Blowout go, how do I do this? So Facebook – makes it so easy for someone who owns a card. They know it was worth some money back in the day. They type in uh, in the search for a, a group for cards and they jump into one of many, but the number one is the NBA hotspot. So uh, Facebook is like the new frontier, in my opinion, for cards. You had eBay back in like 98. And I was a kid, but I was on it. And with Facebook now, it's just, uh, it's where it's at. Too many collections are being found, and and a lot of a lot of stuff is being sold with no fees. They have a archaic uh, feedback system, but it works. Vouch systems, all that. But uh, I'm I'm finding more on eBay right now than I think I am on eBay. Or, excuse me, on Facebook more yeah. than the eBay. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's like I have like ten deals that I could move on right now that are all through Facebook that uh, these guys, they sat on this stuff for 20 years. What about Instagram? Is it similar for you or you prefer Facebook? Instagram to me is uh, is your Flickr or your photo bucket. That's mainly what it is to me. I have made deals on Instagram. But uh, for me, it's uh, a place to store my stuff and, and show it off. And 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 But yeah, ma- mainly getting the deals through Facebook. But I have done a few on Instagram for sure. Um, I wanted to touch on one strategy that you have that I've picked up from you. And that's if you find a really rare nineties card that you're after offer more than what you think they want. Right. Like the market value is a thousand, just offer them 1200. Yeah. Absolutely. At the right time. You know, if like I've had people ignore me on these Facebook groups, uh, when when you're trying to get this car, a card from them or whatnot. And you just have to, sometimes you just have to throw out a number to get their attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I saw this one guy was not responding to my messages a few months back. He had a uh, Reggie Miller PMG championship. He posted it to the most obscure group ever on Facebook and he wanted Michael Jordan cards. By the time I saw it five days had passed and I was messaging him, Hey, do you have this card? Do you have this card? Wouldn't respond. So I wrote him, I'll give you a thousand dollars for that card which is pretty fair, actually, it probably lower than market value, but I knew the guy didn't know much about the card. He wrote me back. He said, that card's not worth $1,000. What are you talking about? He had gotten rid of it for about 100 Yeah, uh, Yeah, Reggie Miller PMG Championship in 2018 sold for $100. Yeah, that's too low. So, but, yeah, sometimes you got to get their attention, and uh, and sometimes you just really got to, you got to be aggressive with it. Then talk about trading because you're sort of like the trading. Trading, in my opinion. 
Like I don't see anyone else doing it and I don't, I don't do it and I have my reasons, but you love to trade. I do. I do. Um, when I like, I've been fortunate to find a lot of collections in the last two years and, and kind of amass some, uh, you know, some tradable cards, you know, that's why I had to get away from just Kobe stuff because I don't ever want to trade that stuff. I will, if I have to, because <laughs> I, I know a lot of it's replaceable, but, uh, yeah, trading is just fun. And uh, you get a guy that has a card that, he, you know, it's a 90s card that means a lot to him. And uh, you want to be able to replace it with something meaningful. That's where trading comes in. Some people, the money doesn't matter at all. And you got to figure out how to circumvent that. And that's trading. And, uh, you know, that's how we used to do it when we were kids, right? Yeah. A lot of trading. And, I would do. I would do more if, like, I'll probably get to that point. You know, when I get enough of the penny and LeBron stuff that I want, I'll start doing what you're doing and venturing out and trading and stuff. So, oh yeah, it's amazing. Anyone you run into that isn't a pure seller, they collect someone. <clears throat> and another point I wanted to talk to you about is uh, if you're, you know, if you're not just purely player collecting, or even if you are, I guess, I you should be collecting Michael Jordan, and LeBron James cards. Yeah, because. Everyone I talk to that, that finds a, you know, a nice card, uh, oh, I don't know if I want to sell it. I'm looking for LeBron or Michael. And it's like, I've had, I've had parts, you know, my inventory on them is low because the cards I have are so are, are really valuable. So it's like, you know, you really can't trade those uh, value wise for what I'm going after. But these guys are looking for nice LeBron or MJs all the time. So anytime I can pick their stuff up, I will. And that's just another ammunition. It's more ammunition to have. And I, just, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I recommend that to anyone. If you I just don't hear a lot of guys talking about LeBron for ammunition, right? They're, t- they're talking about LeBron to lock in, especially me. Like th- just thinking about trading LeBron is making me anxious, but it makes sense, dude. Well, yeah, I showed you that one LeBron I got for like 1500. Um, it was a, like a three way trade, three way cash trade cards, uh, worked it all out. And, uh, yeah, I just got that LeBron just to have in case something came up uh, that I need. And, you know, you just have to have that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a couple cards where, like, I'll buy them and then I'll immediately get trade offers or offers where I can make money off it. And I just refuse because it's my PC. But if he, if I wasn't locked into him, I could do really well trading LeBron. Oh, for sure. I mean, people are even, like, going lower value on what they're trading away from you to get the – you know, the more prestigious player, right? Like you're winning the value trades when you trade away those guys sometimes. <laughs> you certainly can. <clears throat> you certainly can, yeah. But you'll probably lose in the long run. And you, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt about that. I've sold, I've sold and traded too many LeBron cards in the last few years that, uh, yeah, you almost always regret it, especially Michael Jordan. Jeez. I'm starting to get a few of his cards in my PC. And... uh I, I I almost like his '90s cards more, yeah, uh, because that's the face of the whole era. Even though I'm a Kobe Bryant guy, his cards uh, they just there's something about him, you know. That was the guy, and he is the guy. So right. So to that, what is your what is it about '90s cards? You have like a crazy diverse '90s collection. You you don't really pass on any of the players. You just love. Because cards. I never know when I can, whenever, never know when I can use them. <laughs> true, but you wouldn't be doing any of that if you didn't have a true passion for the '90s cards themselves. 
Absolutely. It's just, it's nostalgia driven, uh, just like a lot of people. Um, that's pure, purely what it is. Uh, we grew up doing it and it's, it's just a lot of fun. And I, I think they made the best designs ever. This, this couple from Pennsylvania, they, they just killed every design. They did a perfect job. Uh, Panini stuff. You, you, we were at the national, you see so much of it. I've owned really high end Panini stuff. I can't like, I don't have any attachment to those at all. Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, some of them are very similar. You can even see some of the, you know, PMG championship like design on some of the new Panini mm-hmm. stuff, but I yeah. just can't do it. Um, and I just think it's that nostalgia factor. The nineties. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, I think I think Panini does. It's it's easy to rip on them just because you know it's people like to rip on stuff. But I, I feel like a lot of their stuff is some of their stuff's comparable. A lot of it is is nice stuff. But like you said, it's just it's not going to do it for us because that's not what we know, and it's not nostalgic for us, and it doesn't it just doesn't trigger any emotion. It's just they're just there, right? Yeah, and people talk about a card bubble a lot. I think Nitten's episode was uh, titled that, right? Yes. That's where the card bubble starts and probably finishes. That's my, my take. So you feel bullish about 90s stuff long-term? Oh, big time, big time. Uh, I think, so like, you look at some of these collectors that came back in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, uh, that was like the first wave of guys, you know, 30 to 40 now. First wave, and they got a lot. And then uh, guys like me, John, uh, Adam, a bunch of guys that came in four or five years ago. I know Adam's always been involved, but really started collecting back in four or five years ago. That's another wave. And the more you know, the disposable income you have, the older you're getting, and uh, you know you're not going out as much. You need hobbies. It's gonna. We're gonna keep seeing people come back in. You go to the shows and see the vintage guys. They're 70, 80 years old. We're 30, 30, 40 years old. So I think it's a long-term, you know, it's a long game. Yeah, I feel very similarly to that. That's a great point. Um, I've hit on everything, dude. What else What else you got? Any, like, awesome stories that come to mind? Or you've got tons of stories. I don't want to miss any. A big right, trade it's a, or something? It's a, boring, it's a boring one, but it was fun. And it involved everything. Craigslist, eBay. <laughs> Facebook. This is going to be good. Blowout. <laughs> um, Instagram. <clears throat> okay. So uh, this guy in Germany bought a box of, uh, what was it called? Uh, Fleer Brilliance on eBay. Starts there. He pulls a Jason Kidd uh, 24 carat. So number to 24. He puts it right on Facebook, and I get tagged within like 20 minutes. Someone tagged me. I messaged him. Are you going to sell it? Yeah, I don't need it. We make a deal quick. I get the card a few weeks later. I share it on Instagram. I get a message from Card Hobby Official. You met those guys down at the show? Mm-hmm. Real awesome, real high-end stuff. And the, the big boss man, his PC is Jason Kidd. And that's one card, even though he owns the PMG Green, that's one card he never found. So they hit me up. They're interested. They want to buy it. I could have flipped it quick, but I went and looked through their page. 
and they had a Scottie Pippen masterpiece, 98-99 Ultra masterpiece. Bulls, Bulls Uni, beautiful card. I write him back, you know, is this thing something that could be moved? Possibly if the deal's right. So we go back and forth, back and forth, and we can't, with the money involved and the Jason kid, we can't come up with anything. Fast forward about a month and a half later, uh, I can't remember the member's name on Blowout, but he was on Craigslist and found this random lot of cards in a cologne case or something. Bought it for like $100 on Craigslist, the, the cards. And in the cologne case was a Jason Kidd 98, 99 rubies, number to 50. I wrote to him. I said, dude, put it on, put it on eBay because he was asking me, you know, what should I do with it? So put it on eBay. It hasn't been on for a long time. It's another thing that affects value, obviously. And he wrote back, like, I kind of want to sell it. Do you want to buy it? I said, sure. And I gave him a really fair deal. So then I put, put that on Instagram. Card Hobby Official, they see it. And I message them now. Now I've got two bullets in the chamber. I've got the Jason Kid 24 carat, and I got the uh, Rubies. Now, now we got a, you know, playable situation. I, I sent them those two cards plus a lot of PayPal, and boom, I got the uh, Scottie Pippen. Facebook, eBay, Craigslist, <laughs> Blowout, Instagram, everything was used on one, uh, on one play, and that's fun. Dude, following your Instagram is so funny because it's like I saw the kid, the, the the kid gold, and I saw the other one, and it's like all of a sudden you got a Pippin, and you're like, I traded for it. It's like, how did this happen? You just get like two yeah, cards, yeah. and all of a sudden you got a different one, <laughs> right? You're, you're probably using the Pippin for ammunition, and people know this, and uh, so like it's 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 getting easier to make trades. Uh, a lot of people won't trade. They, you know, I'm going to get screwed here. I, you know, blah blah blah, and now people know. That when I trade, it's pretty serious and, and it gets done. Sure. Uh, I traded a Charles Barkley PMG Red a few weeks ago, and uh, and I got a lot of lot of more ammunition, a lot of more stuff that I wanted. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And that guy, he said to me, "I know you. I've seen you on the boards. I'm sending my end first. When you get my end, go ahead and send out the Barkley." Sure. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Once you start getting that reputation going, and yeah. That's a nice status to have. I'm working my way there, dude. You got you, you got to come to that Chicago show. I'm working on it. You just got to give me a couple of days. I'm working on it. I did all the dishes yeah. tonight. Oh, keep doing those dishes. <laughs> keep doing them. I uh, I can't wait for that. That's three months from now. That's would, a great show. How do you compare it to national? Basketball. What's that? How do you compare it to national for basketball? You really can't compare anything with the national, but – uh, there's a lot of basketball. Chicago's a basketball town. Um, that that November show, it's three months removed from the national. People are kind of like dealers. You know, they want to get in on something. Yeah, football is in full swing. Awesome time, and then basketball is just just starting back up. So, yeah, that's a that's a really good show. I've done really well at the November Fanatic show in Chicago. I thought national was great. There just wasn't enough of the super rare stuff that you and I like. I mean, it was there, but it's just hard to find. Well, excuse me. <clears throat> a lot of the rare stuff, I knew a lot of guys were holding it back from their table. They had it on them, but yeah. they didn't want to show it. And I was like, you're at the national. It's in your you bag. Know, I know it's there. The best, this is the literally the best time to show some of this stuff off. And these guys were like hoarding it. Like, why, you know, what are you doing here? 
Just flash your LeBron stuff. You can, you can say a card's $100,000 if you want and scare everyone away. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, yeah, I've got, uh, I got a few huge mail days coming up. I mentioned that on Blowout. Monsters. I'm uh, really proud of these ones. You know all about them. One of them's okay. Yeah, they're both all right. It's all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll let everyone else decide. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. Playing the waiting game, the shipping game. Yeah. The worst part about this. I've gotten a lot better, though. Yep. Let's finish strong. Show us show us a couple things. And oh, this isn't going to be strong. I, I wasn't planning on showing anything because well, it doesn't. You don't have to show. You don't have to show the monsters. Just show some. Oh yeah, stuff. no, no. I'll show them. I I just they've looked kind of shitty on some of the other videos, so I didn't bring the monsters. But uh, I picked this up today. Yeah, Michael Finley, Michael Finley, uh, Ultra Platinum Medallion. And it's the the first year masterpiece, so sick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these ones are so hard to find. I paid I paid five hundred dollars for a Shea Seals Ultra Masterpiece this year. <laughs> Shea Seals, uh, most famous for being uh, Kobe Bryant's one on one partner in practice. That's about it. You know, yeah, for for real. He lasted one year in the league, but I paid $500 for his masterpiece. So Michael Finley, not a, not a monster name, but definitely a, definitely a player. Really yeah. happy to get that. And then this is, this I got, uh, I got through Instagram recently. Tagged by Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. You're the man. And that's uh, Sean Elliott PMG championship. I found, I have found seven or eight Michael Jordan PMG championships. In, in the past uh, couple of years. This is the first time I've seen an Elliot. Wow. You know, some of the players are so hard to find in that set. Uh, yeah, the common guys aren't aren't necessarily easier, right? Like, they're just not being brought out because people don't think they're worth as much or whatever. Absolutely. And, I it, like, the middle-of-the-ground players, like Detlef Shrimp, impossible to find. Finally one popped on eBay this year. Um, Rashid Wallace, another hard one. Um any of the Spurs guys are impossible to find. So that was real nice to get that Sean Elliott. But uh, I think uh, maybe something you should be doing on this uh, podcast is like the ALS challenge where you, you nominate the next person. Remember that? Do it. John Burleson, Spurs fanatic. Get him on here, man. I'm, I've been that's, trying. That's the next one. He Hopefully. Keeps- he keeps like, oh, let's wait till we do like a bigger group or wait till someone else does it. And like, you're up, dude. Grant's calling you out now. Oh, yeah. He's just he's just being a chicken, <laughs> put it, to put it nicely. He's fantastic, man. I would love to have him on. He's great. Need to come to Chicago, too. I'm working on it. Oh, no, I'm talking to him. But we all are working on it. For sure. We're working on it. Sure. Yeah, I hope we can all make it out. Anything right, else? You- yeah, we all good? No, this is great. That was, oh, yeah, man. Thank you for having fantastic. me on. Thanks for waiting for me, too. Of course, dude. This was well worth it. Awesome, man. Thanks. See ya.